Big Bang Theory. Amanda, he's adopted. How can I be adopted when I have a twin sister? Think, monkey. Think. Young Sheldon, coming to CBS this fall. I can hear them perks coming. I can hear the words coming. I can hear the screeches coming. Oh, hello, everyone. We are back. Welcome to episode three of The Gates of Shell. I am your co-host, Jack Storbeck, joined with me, as always, my co-host, Obden Haydar. Yo, yo, it's your boy. And joining us for episode three, the first guest, our good friend, Kirsten Walls. Kirsten, welcome to Shell. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I've been dreaming of this day my whole life. Thank you for being a part of our journey to the depths of Shell. If you're wondering if people listen to this, they don't. And I don't want them to. Like, Good, I make... yeah, no. We're never actually going to release this. This is just purely for our own uh, sanity. I knew oh, that. Yeah. Kirsten, just to catch you up to speed, we're only three episodes, or two episodes deep. Today's our third episode. Uh, But basically where we are in Sheldon's uh, chronology is he has just started his first day of high school as a nine-year-old. Pretty impressive. Last we checked in on him on episode two, uh, the episode ended with him getting visited by the FBI for trying to buy uranium. Um, How he did this without internet is anyone's guess is equally valid. That's what makes it even more impressive, though. I'm really intrigued by this kid purchasing uranium let's go he had to he had to either be talking to the fbi or talking to like like straight up like terrorists like straight up like he was like hitting up like bashir al-assad like through the back channel like yo my man it's definitely the second where where the uranium at um those are his boys i mean honestly if you are in ninth grade in 1989 in Texas, and you find a way to get uranium, maybe you just deserve uranium. I think you're right. No, that's true. He can have a little uranium as a treat. Exactly. Let's be honest. Exactly. Okay. Well, episode three is titled Poker, Face, and Eggs. Uh, we're starting to see a pattern here with the episode titles. Yes, we it's, are. Um, they include the Oxford comma, which, of course, this is a show about a genius. So, so you, you have to, of there. course. Uh, but yeah, yeah, all three, th- all episodes from here on out seem to have um, reoccurring theme of just three th- various things from the episode just in a row. Uh, like last one was what, like communists, um, rocket science, and something else. It was rockets, communists, and the Dewey Decimal that's System. That's right. That's right. Real brain genius stuff. And this episode is poker face and eggs. You know, so. Not as highbrow. It's not as highbrow of an episode. It's a bit more. It's more of a feeler. It's not a thinker. It's more of a feeler. I mean, I'm mostly a little confused, thrown off, if you will, by the fact that poker and face are two separate items on this list. Uh, as as a enthusiastic Lady Gaga fan, it upsets <laughs> me, quite frankly, that this isn't poker face. Isn't just one word then you could fit in a whole other topic. Maybe give us a little more clues, but I don't know. Maybe the writers are geniuses. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, okay, we, we don't need a doubt. They, they are indeed geniuses, or else they would not be... You're right. You're right. No, maybe I'm just nowhere near their level, and realistically... They definitely think they're geniuses. Kirsten, um, so you have, to be clear, you have never seen an episode of Young Sheldon prior to this? I have never seen never. an episode okay, of Young Sheldon. Okay, what's, what's, your, what's your frame of reference going? What are you expecting... Based off what you know about our man, Sheldon. I I have seen some episodes of Big Bang Theory way back in the day. Boom. Um, rest in peace, Bazinga. 
Uh, I just, I, the difference, I know there's no live audience, so uh, there isn't like a large group of people who tell us when to laugh, which I think might get a little confusing for me personally. Um, <laughs> yeah, I need the help. Uh, I need to be told. I, I get, I right? get, con- I, I'm confused constantly. I don't know when. No, I don't know when to laugh if there's no one laughing already. I need me. a man holding a sign and giving me a, and like telling me how to move, you know? Yes. No, that's so I'm with you there. Um, I know that the young actor who plays Sheldon uh, was one of the only people who saw the Cats movie and liked it. Really? I, yeah, I don't think that's going to be relevant in the show, but it is something that will be in the back of my mind the whole time. It, it could be relevant. Could be. Um, my guess for the audience one is I think what happened at the end of Big Bang Theory is that the sign man that usually holds up the laugh and applause signs, he might have accidentally grabbed the kill yourselves sign and they all committed mass suicide. That is a possibility. Because that... honestly, I think that show would have gone on much longer if the audience hadn't gone full Jonestown and <laughs> themselves. Oh my god. I mean they probably did. They probably had to I mean like what what do they what life do they have outside after Big Bang Theory ended? I mean, you know. Eternal life. That's what <laughs> Exactly, <they have>. yeah. <laughs> okay. Everybody, Kirsten Obton and I are going to go watch episode 3 of Young Sheldon and we'll be right back with our thoughts. Uh let's run it, guys. Stood. I can hear them perks coming. I can hear the words coming. I can hear the streets come. And we are back. Wow. Uh, Kirsten, that was a great episode to intro you into the world of young Sheldon. I really got a lot of aspects of his home life. We didn't see anything at school, which I do feel like I'm missing out a little bit on, but but we did get to see a lot of aspects of his home life. It started off with uh, his Mima there. She's one hell of a character. Oh yeah. Oh, Mima. Mima is a mess. Yeah. See, this is how you know. This is how you know young Sheldon is indeed from Texas, man. He he has a Mima. He doesn't have a grandmother. Yeah. If you ha- if you have a grandmother that drinks more than three alcoholic beverages a day, I don't think you get to call her grandma anymore. I think Mima is the official title. So, basically, for uh, everyone that hasn't seen the episode, I'm gonna quickly break down the plot for you guys. So. Sheldon is at home with his brother and sister, uh, Georgie and Missy. Mima uh, is hitting the sauce pretty hard, uh, babysitting all of them. I don't, I don't know the actress's name that plays Mima, but she, I can smell her through the TV. She, I know she reeks of just Marlboro Reds and fucking New Amsterdam vodka. She's a mess. She's really talented like that. I agree. I definitely got a, got an aroma from that lady. Yeah. And so then after that scene, uh, we cut to Sheldon with his family, not his dad. Uh, that will come into play later. Uh, they're all at church, and the pastor's giving a sermon, and Sheldon uh, interrupts and basically tells the whole congregation that God doesn't exist. The pastor brings him up and challenges him on uh his belief and the pastor kind of makes him look like a little bitch in front of everybody and sheldon vows to destroy pastor jeff whatever that means so then we cut back to home and billy sparks you may remember him the town bully brings a basket of chicken eggs as a gift to uh sheldon's sister missy uh the dad accepts them bill ponderosa takes them in 
then we come back home and Missy is looking at the eggs. She refuses to eat them because she says they're a gift. And then all of a sudden, uh, Bill Ponderosa, Sheldon's dad, screams out from the other room telling his mom to come in. The mom comes in and she's freaked out and she tells everyone to stay there uh, that she's taking uh, their dad to the doctor. So when they leave, uh, Mima comes back round two for visiting, uh, babysitting, I should say. Uh, Georgie wants to visit the dad in the hospital, Sheldon's older brother. Uh, she tells him to sit the fuck down. Um, and she's like, you think that's stupid? I got to drink pink wine. Then the kids decide to sneak out. Georgie steals Mima's car keys while she's blacked out in the backyard, still holding a lit cigarette. On badass. said pink wine. On like half a bottle of said pink wine. She's a G. So she she made it work. Yeah, Mima's a lightweight. Um, yeah, Sheldon decides, okay, uh, I'll go with you guys. He wears a helmet and pillows in the car because he's afraid of crashing. Hilarious. Um, we Then Sheldon in a voiceover explains that this is why he doesn't drive. And we see his brother, who can barely see over the steering wheel, crashing into trash cans, all this stuff on the side of the road, some great physical comedy. Um, the mom calls home from the hospital and says that they're keeping dad overnight. Mima, after waking up to the sound of the phone ringing, realizes that the kids are missing and lies to her daughter, saying that the kids are asleep. Um, then we go back to Georgie, Missy, and Sheldon in the car. Uh, they think they're about to get pulled over. Turns out it's an ambulance. So Sheldon's like, hey, dumbass, follow the ambulance. It's leading to the hospital. So then Mima shows up at the hospital, but she had beaten the kids there. How? I have no idea. Yeah, it's never really explained. Um, it is explained because the little girl, Missy, says, oh, we hit too many trash cans. Oh, I yeah, don't know what true. vehicle Mima used, yeah. but she was hauling ass. And it was explained very briefly by the little girl. It had to do with the trash can. Yeah, honestly, based on the insane route that they took to the hospital and how many uh, things Georgie was hitting with the car, she could have taken a fucking pogo stick to the hospital and beaten them <laughs> by a good hour at least. Um, so then, but but don't worry, this is CBS. Uh, we don't want to keep you waiting too long. So the kids show up almost immediately after Mima's there. Mima again, lies to the mom about uh, how they got there and all that stuff. Sheldon, afraid of germs, goes to wash his hands in the bathroom. And as he's going there, he sees his dad in the hospital room being operated on by what seems to be the entire hospital staff. He doesn't look like he's gonna make it, honestly, from our perspective. And He's sweating hard. He's sweating like a kid that's three pressy Teslas deep at the fucking do lab. He looks like he just made three trips to Fuddruckers in a row. I mean, like, he's got the pork sweats. So then uh, Sheldon comes out of the bathroom and he walks into a chapel in the hospital, which I had no idea existed. Sheldon goes to pray, but then in the voiceover makes it clear that he's not praying to God. He's praying to Blaise Pascal because earlier he had talked about Pascal's wager. Um, and we'll talk about that later. Then the mom comes in and says, the dad's going to be okay. He had a minor heart attack. He'll be fine. Then we go back to the church scene one last time. And Sheldon gets into another spar with the pastor and drops what I think is the funniest line to this date of the show, where the pastor says, there was no big bang. So before the big bang. There was no big bang. There was only the word. Was the word kaboom? That was a high point uh, in the episode, yeah. It was the climax. Uh, 
Uh, I don't understand why I didn't say Bazinga. This could have been the perfect opportunity for him to be like the word of God was Bazinga. If he would have said that, I don't know if I would be alive right now to tell the tale of watching that episode. But again, we're only in episode three of the entire run of the show, so they don't want to like shoot their wad too quickly. Yeah. Like if they had already uncovered that, like we already know like from this episode why Sheldon doesn't drive. If they had also dropped the origin of Bazinga, that would have just been like- We're not ready. Yeah, we're not ready. You thought the FBI came quick when uh, Sheldon was uh, trying to enrich uranium. If he said Bazinga there, the Bazinga was the word of God, FBI would have been right there taking him out. SWAT team. They would have wa- they would have waterboarded the living shit out of that. Take boy. him out. They would have made Abu Ghraib look like a fucking Tybo workout if if he had dropped Bazinga in church in public. Are you kidding me? He knows but too much. But of course, the episode ends because this is uh, upsetting Sheldon's family. He's embarrassing them again, and the dad comically fakes a heart attack. It's really funny. Yeah. It's funny to us. It's hilarious. So. Lot to unpack, Kirsten. Uh, let's let's start off with the beginning, that cold open where we just see the kids running amok and Mima just slamming the bottle straight to the dome. She was uh, stealing money from a kid. She was breathtaking. Um, I was struck by Mima. I cannot stress that enough. Mima was really the focal point for me throughout this episode. They mentioned in the voiceover, my dad ran the house like a like a tight ship. Uh, this wasn't a tight ship. This was a Disney cruise. There were a bunch of children out of control. This was a loosey-goosey ship if I have ever seen one. Yeah, it was, and again, back to, like, his dad being a Vietnam War veteran. Like, if he was uh, responsible during that time in Vietnam, and this is his idea of a tight ship, then I get why the Gulf of Tonkin incident was a thing. And his brother is playing with firecrackers in the back. Classic idiot move. Mm-hmm. The only thing lower than this kid's IQ is his life expectancy. Oh, yeah. Good Lord. Somebody stop him. Burn. I, if, if there's a kid in this show who's going to do whippets, it will be, be that kid. That kid has huge whippet energy. Oh, for sure. I was shocked he didn't do whippets in this episode, if I'm being honest. That's how strong his whippet energy was. I don't know if whippets were a thing in 1989, but uh, they're going to be soon. And my man, my man will... He's going to invent them. It will be full force. Oh, yeah. He will be the godfather of wooks. He has big wook energy. Yeah, he's... he's. You think he has uh, his genius brother that can just invent shit out of the blue and he's not going to be like, Hey, Sheldon, hook your bro up. I need a fix kill these brain cells yeah i think the big thing in this episode is introducing mima uh oh had she not been in prior episodes no no this is the first encounter with mima goodness what an introduction oh yeah what obton and i had noted before is that because sheldon's a huge mama's boy it was a little harder to get that across in this episode but i think there were still like moments where well when he said i can't lie to my mother and we were like narc like bitch yeah it's weird because like we Optin and I have this running theory that he was breastfed uh, till age seven. Optin thinks he's still breastfed now, but I think he's like, okay, mom, I'm in high school. Like, I got to be cool for my friends. Yeah, he's like, can you use a pump at the very least? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I- Give me a to-go cup. <laughs> just, give me the form- um, just give me the formula. I'm a big cup. boy now. For somebody whose his mom is like so into breastfeeding, like his grandma's sure about the bottle. Yeah. Oof. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is she ever- Complains about pink wine and gets, I mean, just off her rocker. She kind of covered for the kids. She got to the hospital first, then the kids showed up to imply that she had parked the car and the kids were just taking too long or something. Mm. I thought that was cool because she knows 
snitches get stitches. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's not like her son-in-law who, oh, Kirsten, by the way, also, Sheldon's dad, Bill Ponderosa, explained in the pilot that he had gotten fired from his last job at another high school because he had ratted out his other coaches for illegally recruiting players. And that got him fired? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so narc behavior runs in the family. It runs It runs on, on the dad's side. Mom's side, that's the chiller shit, evidently. Okay, because, okay, well, the thing is, like, Mima knew they were at the hospital because Sheldon wrote her an impeccable cursive note saying, Hello, Mima, we are going to the hospital. Georgie is driving. Love, Sheldon. First of all, his penmanship is beautiful. Second of all, what kind of loser nerd bullshit is that? Yeah, it's it, it's funny because it's like Sheldon is I love how he's such a shitty liar and can't act to save his life. So he decides to become a writer just like Hollywood, you know, <laughs> hey. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to a lot of people. Yeah. Shout out to us. I'll drink to that. Yeah. <laughs> I like how this episode touches a lot on religion. We're back at it. And again, Obton and I have a running theory where you think he's going to convert to Islam. Mashallah. Inshallah. Not in this episode. Foreshadowing, this episode. though, he does vow to destroy the pastor. That's true. That's not something you do when you want to go towards Christ. You know, honestly, I wanted more heathenism out of uh, this episode. I'm, I'm, I'm sad they cut a little short of him just, you know, just straight up like going full black metal in the church. Does going into a hospital chapel and praying explicitly to a scientist count as heathenism? I, I, because I had this bump for me, this bump for me, and I'll explain why. Because, you know, he, he starts the episode, he says that, okay, I don't believe in God because I believe in science. But, like, if you believe in science and you, but you are also praying to a dead philosopher, you're implicitly acknowledging the supernatural element, aren't you? The seeds are there. The thing I was shocked about is, again, we talked about this during the episode. I had no idea that they just had hospital rooms as chapels. Yeah, neither did I. This was news to me. I Man, this is common. They have, you know they have chapels in, like, uh, airports. That Yeah, I did what? know that. Yeah, you didn't know that, Jack? No, I've never seen these. <laughs> they, got, they got chapels in airports. I shit you not. Like, Google search it right now. No, I believe you. I believe <laughs> They got chapels and hospitals. It's like a common thing. It's well, because, you know, because you're in there, you know, you're worried about your loved one. You're freaking out and you want to pray. And where do you go to pray? Home. <laughs> well, now, yes. During the, in the year of our Lord, 2020, during the coronavirus outbreak. Yeah. You want to go, you want to go into a church and have a bunch of demons sneezing on you? Yeah, fucking right. <laughs> In retrospect for that chapel scene, I get it because a room for Jesus, I think, is the only time that a Texas hospital will ever give a room out to a Jew. Oh, Um, man. Whatever. Um, Okay, so. (laughs) Man. We're having fun here. One quick note on the bathroom. Sheldon is apparently allegedly a germaphobe. And then on the way out, he touches the doorknob. Yeah. Like, without a paper towel, just, like, grabs it. And he didn't need to. Yeah, I don't know if that's a continuity error on the production staff. I like to think it's more of just Sheldon kind of, like... Having no values. Yeah. Yeah. Being a godless... Being a godless... Morally baseless. He'd pray to Satan if it meant getting a Nobel Prize. He doesn't give a fuck, but... If it meant getting that uranium, yeah. Well, clearly, clearly, clearly we have to take this to Comic-Con... Go to the young Sheldon panel and specifically ask Chuck Lorre, um, excuse me, sir, sir, excuse me. Uh, episode three of Young Sheldon, 
Uh, we've established young Sheldon's a germaphobe, but he touches the doorknob. Can you please explain this, In sir? In a hospital, Chuck Lorre. Give me all of your money. But again, like, back, kind of back to the, I guess, the two uh, church scenes. Sheldon, I feel like for as smart as he is, could have absolutely pwned the pastor a lot more than he did. He kind of let the pastor just, like, beat the shit out of him in front of everybody. Yeah, I am definitely confused about the lines of his genius. Like, where does it end? See, if Sheldon was a real genius, he would have just gone full Satan in that church. I mean, he would have been, like, possessed by the devil, just started convulsing, like, speaking Aramaic backwards. Because if he was a real genius, if he really wanted to win the argument, right, he would just freak them all out. And they would run out the church, and he would be he would win. He'd be like, is this the house of your God? And just, like... <laughs> but we've already established that he's a terrible actor and a terrible liar. This is true. Yeah. I don't think he could pull that off. While a genius plan, objectively, don't think he could have pulled it off. Uh, the thing I kind of noted during, like, I, I kind of saw the parallels between the sons and the father and Missy and her mom, uh, especially, like, in that church scene with uh, Sheldon's father not being at church in the, f the first time. I think Sheldon views God, hear me out. I, I feel like Sheldon views God the way his father views the clitoris. He spent so little time searching for it that he just assumes it's not real. <laughs> and that, that, I think that explains their loveless marriage and why I guess I was shocked that Sheldon's mother was at all sad about Sheldon's dad's heart she attack. She was really upset for somebody yeah. who's yeah. evidently, according to you, never gotten off. Oh, does I, I I'm my nothing that like nothing about her seems like she's like happy with her marriage that's yeah. just me I don't know I could be wrong but like I I just thought she was gonna look at him and be like oh does your heart hurt now you know how I fucking feel all the time uh, <laughs> powerful that is a really powerful image um okay what about the part where they say that their grandpa died of a heart attack and Mima says for insurance purposes he did that was sketch yeah she murdered Mima Mima is up to some shit yeah she pop up is not buried in a proper cemetery i think i think he's he's probably buried in several places yeah oh, oh my god yeah i honestly cannot wait for this episode of forensic files yeah, i mean wait. what what does that mean and then sheldon asks like um, what do you mean insurance purpose? And that, I'm also confused. Like, yeah. so, so he, she, she killed him or did he, did he, did he die of an overdose, but they had to make it sound like a heart attack to get the insurance money? Ooh, that's juicy too. I mean, who's to say what was happening in life insurance policies in Texas in 1989? Probably a lot. Probably a lot. Yeah. The phones were probably ringing off the fucking hook during that time. That's no country yeah. for old men era. That's when people are dropping. Oh, he drowned in two inches of water. How could this be? That blunt impact at the back of his head must've been when he slipped and hit his head on nothing. <laughs> yeah. But I, what I love is how like Mima kind of threatens Georgie after she like sees him in the hospital. And when he took his car and she's like, I didn't steal your car. I just borrowed it. You're going to need to make bail someday. Do not come to me. Man, I love the... I, Mima keeps it real. That's the thing. She keeps it 100. Like, she can, like, look like, okay, we know that Sheldon's going to be the brainiac, so we got to teach him the, the street smarts. But Georgie, like, that kid has that kid has felon energy He's a lost cause. A future delinquent in the making. Yeah. She's just keeping it real. 
Well, that's what I was gonna say is like, oh, don't call me. In my mind, I'm like, well, of course he's not gonna call you. You're not gonna be alive. Why do you think he's gonna be in prison in the first place? You're probably getting fucking whacked by your grandson. Do you think he's gonna need to post bail at like 16? Like, man's like, what, 14, 13 now? Come on. 14. Yeah. Yeah, he's a freshman in high school, like just a few more years. He's, he's gonna be tried as an adult. And this is Texas. They'll probably try him as an adult now just to get to pull the lever on that chair. Just for fun. Just because they like the death penalty. Just because they don't think that anybody are kids. They're trying like seven-year-olds as adults. <laughs> but uh, Shelton's brother kind of went on a tear this episode too with like stealing his blacked out Mima's car keys. One thing that kind of like really was like irritating me throughout that scene is how hard is it to drive a fucking car? Especially at age 14. Here's the thing. When I was in high school, like I unwittingly got into cars with 16 year olds that were hammered. And I felt after watching that episode, I was much safer with drunk 16 year olds behind the wheel than I would be with sober Georgie, for sure. First of all, Jack, what the fuck? Second of all, <laughs> um, <laughs> he couldn't see over the steering wheel. This was something we were commenting on during the episode. The kid is 14 years old and he is like just as short as Missy, which how old is she? Like nine. Yeah, she's Sheldon's twin. Yeah, she's nine. Okay, so. So there's got to be some sort of growth deficiency. This kid's a little pipsqueak. Clearly. Which is maybe where the delinquent behavior comes from. Yeah. Oh, so Kirsten, I yes. got a question. So so this is your first foray into young the, the Sheldoverse. Sheldoverse. You know, this is, this is your descent into mm-hmm. Shell. Um, and I, so I just want to know, what are your thoughts? Because tonally, this is a different show than The Big Bang yes. Theory. I just want to know, like, how did, you, how did you feel coming in? And were you surprised by the drama? I think... With multicam shows, I expect less drama. So knowing that this was single cam, uh, I wasn't necessarily shocked by the drama, especially because it was like, you know, family related. Though if I'm, I was a little shocked by how sweaty and dead looking Bill Ponderosa dad was in the hospital scene. That was heavy. And I wasn't, you know, I'm used to Bazinga. So I I wasn't... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my, my man's heart went Yeah, bazinga. his heart bazinga right out of there, dude. I literally was shocked that when the, his mom came out and was like, oh, it was just a minor heart attack. He'll be out in a day. I was like, what? Do another test. He literally looked like a fucking Ebola patient in there. And you're just going <laughs> to let him out in a day? A minor heart attack. Like, I'm no doctor. I've said that a thousand times in my life. But... He, the man doesn't look well. The fact that his dad didn't just drop immediately in five minutes, like he had a minor heart attack, is honestly proof of God himself for Sheldon. Is enough proof for me to believe that God exists anyway. Yeah, no, definitely. Very, very faith-affirming. I did like having Jim Parsons there as the narrator. You know, he his voice really, at this point, just feels like home. Yeah, it's definitely gives this audience that maybe he's like, uh, who the fuck are these people on screen? Uh, why, why is no one laughing? What's going on? Which is what I was thinking. Yeah, no, it's definitely confusing uh, to the viewer. So having Jim Parsons there is kind of like your mom telling you it's it's all right. You're just dreaming. He was my rock. He is, he is the soldier of God. That's yeah. the truth if I've ever heard it. But which God is the question that we have going forward. 
Um, another thing, thematically, like there's so much going on. For example, when uh, when Bill Ponderosa starts having a heart attack, Sheldon's mom is like, no, stay there. Do not move a muscle, sit there. I was wondering like, why does she not want uh, the kids to come in the room? And kind of my mind went to, oh, their dad is a Vietnam War veteran. Uh, he knows what it's like to be under attack. Like, he, this time it's his heart. Like, the last time he was under attack, he probably killed a bunch of innocent kids. So... He's probably grabbed Sheldon's neck and just like, Dad, no! Yeah, Sheldon's like going in there being like, Oh, Father, uh, whatever is wrong with you? And then the last words he hears is Semper Fi, and then his neck is split. Oh my god. See, I didn't see the episodes with the Vietnam War vet uh, backstory. That's canon. So that wasn't really in the back of my head as I was watching this. But now that you say that, now that you point that out, I do think that's really like a very nuanced and uh, like introspective take, you know? I think you could be onto something. Oh, he's onto something. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's just because like we, we see kind of like what war has done to this man's humanity and he's kind of shelled off his uh his emotions to his wife uh his kids like you see when uh billy sparks comes over um to give missy the eggs as a gift which uh, by the way by the way i mean like that's that that is, is that that's creepy right like if I gave a girl eggs, I was like, these are for you. Like, that, that's weird. And it wasn't that's just weird, a couple, right? like, it was a lot of eggs. It was a lot of it eggs. It was a bushel of is eggs. Is it implied that he owns chickens? Yes, he does. We've established that in episode one. Okay. He uses chickens to scare Sheldon. Sheldon's also afraid of uh, chickens and birds and like kind oh, of Oh, because they're, they're evolutionarily linked to dinosaurs. Or because he's a little bitch. No, he's scared of chickens because chickens are very closely linked to the Tyrannosaurus That's a good Rex. point. I didn't think about that's that. That's canon? Yes, Is that's that canon? canon. It's science. <laughs> I took a science class in college. It's science canon. I know, that, I, know that, I know that birds and dinosaurs being related is canon. I'm asking, is Sheldon being afraid of birds because Might as well be. Dinosaurs? Is that canon? Okay. Might as right, well be. We'll take be. that. We'll take that. It's canon. It's this is this is the official unofficial Young Sheldon podcast. We have established it's canon. Yes. And I think uh, to your point, Kirsten, I, I was talking about how the parallels of Sheldon and uh, Georgie to their father. I kind of saw the parallels with Missy to her mother because the mom was like, "Oh, let me cook those eggs for you," and Missy's like, "No, like it's it's a gift. Like I can't eat these." And I kind of saw that as like her mom kind of looking into a mirror and seeing herself because she's like wow like look at my daughter becoming enamored with a man that has no idea how to make her happy so she has to find beauty in the ugliness of life <laughs> like literally she has to settle so much that she has yeah. to look at a you're going so hard into their unsatisfying relationship and i'm very much here for it that's the, that's the real dramatic heart of the show it, it, it's it's hard to watch because it's like my biggest fear oh, is brutal. to like yeah. have that for myself and be kind of ball and chained not to like the love of my life to but to the product of our love which is these kids that are all over the place like one's an obnoxious genius and the other two are supporting characters uh well also but, yeah like billy that, does look a lot like the dad too something we noted that is true. He did he look a lot. Like he looks that. a lot more like Bill Ponderosa than any if of the we, other. If we know kids. something, if we know something, Bill Ponderosa, he has at least one illegitimate child. At least. With one, he has one secret family. 
So yeah, I just feel bad for Missy because she's like kind of caught in this like storm where like her brother is just this obnoxious genius with a huge brain and her neighbor just wants head. It's just like, <laughs> that's why I'm like, I'm really rooting for Missy. I want her to do that thing where you you, you wrap like your toys and maybe a journal and, and your teddy bear and a little bandana, put it on a stick and just head Get north. Out. Just keep walking. And that almost makes me feel sadder because it's just the helplessness of it. Like we're looking back in time. This is taking place in 1989. Yeah. Like there's nothing we can do for her no. at this point. Where is she now? Oh, oh God, Missy. Well, she's married to Billy Sparks and she's unsatisfied and maybe she's plotting his murder. Who's to say? God help her. If she can take a page out of Mima's yeah. playbook, it's that oh, one. Oh yeah. I have a I have a theory. I have a theory I want to advance here. Cause like Bill okay, so one thing that we know about Bill Ponderosa in the Always Sunny World is you know, he has yeah, he has a child. He's paying mm-hmm. child support, right? What if and hear me out, what if Bill Ponderosa is the final form? Of Sheldon's death. I'm really into that theory. It's just a continuum, you know? Like, he left the family, he got really into drugs, he got really, he became a heavy drinker, and he just fled to Philadelphia to try to escape bail, escape whatever. They found him, they got him on child support, he's living out his life You know what? I like that so much that I'm willing to overlook several reasons that that wouldn't work, because I like it, you know? Yeah. So what if he went to high school with the people in Philadelphia? I don't need that. I need Bill Ponderosa to <laughs> be in yeah. this multiverse. I think that's an interesting point that you're bringing up in general because it's like we already know what Sheldon's fate is because we have, again, the Big Bang Theory as like this kind of reference point to seeing how Sheldon... We're, we're watching Sheldon seeing how he became the person he is. But we have no idea how these other characters are going to turn out. So it's just left in our minds to like, and again, this takes place in 1989. Whatever happens now, whatever happens during the Big Bang Theory time, we, we can only speculate because we haven't seen that. So that is driving me more crazy than anything is seeing like, how's Missy gonna turn out? Is she gonna be okay? Is Bill Ponderosa and his wife gonna get a divorce? Like, I mean, obviously they have to, like they can't stay together. Yeah. How, how does Mima kill herself? Like, because you know that's what's going to happen. Um, what's going to happen to Georgie? Like, Georgie is, he's going to live a life of crime. Like, that's oh, for Georgie, sure. It's just a question of what level of, like, a criminal life of crime Georgie's going to be. Is he gonna, is he going to do misdemeanors or is he going to be just straight into felony, you know? I think he'll dip his toe. Dip his toe in the little misdemeanor pond. Dip his toe in the misdemeanors, yeah. you know? The water, the water's warm. He feels like he can go straight into mm-hmm. just murder. He's already committed a level of Grand Theft Auto in episode three. He has committed Grand Theft Auto. Oh, that that's is pretty true. Badass. Yeah. But especially with that scene, like when he steals the car, that that first scene I was horrified for because they were going like what eight miles an hour, like up until they saw that ambulance, and that I think was a clever touch um, on Chuck Lorre's part because I did think, like again talking about the symbolism of the show, I thought the car, at least in that in those first few blocks of driving, I thought the car was a metaphor for Chuck Lorre's shows because never has a bunch of garbage made that much of an impact. So I thought it was a good parallel to like like the artist weaving in their own career. But again, back to like the ambulance scene where he had been driving in single digits that entire time. And then Sheldon's like, oh, follow that ambulance. Do you know how fast an ambulance goes when there's no traffic? So fast. Yeah, it's blazing down, blazing down that road. 
again, concerned about Missy. She's sitting in the front seat of this car that probably doesn't have airbags. And all of a sudden they're without a helmet, no helmet, no pillows. And her, her brother's about to just like pedal to the metal. It, I was like, Oh no, this is like straight out of hereditary. She's going to get her head fucking. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. I was like, I know what's going to happen. And I think it is funny how like Sheldon mentions that is like, Oh, this is the reason that he doesn't drive. But he didn't mention that. I think it was also the reason that his brother became a speed addict. <laughs> so maybe that's something that'll come later in the series. Maybe it will. There's a lot to learn. Maybe Sheldon will start to give little insights into how his siblings end up. And I think like what we've seen is that Chuck Laurie's uh, big daddy Chuck's not really uh, afraid to shy away from the deus ex machina again going back to bill ponderosa having what looked like um the worst case of bubonic plague recorded in the last hundred years um and then just walking out and being fine like and they're like oh they're gonna like like discharge him from the hospital in a day or two like and then she's like god answered her prayers like it honestly must be a miracle. This is the first time it probably took longer than two minutes for her husband's discharge. Uh, so, sorry, I, I'm, I'm I'm firing from the I'm firing from the yeah. Head. Okay, all right. <laughs> I don't. Whatever. Uh, I'm gonna cut that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Kirsten, what are your final thoughts on this episode of Young Sheldon? Where you think it's going? How you see this fitting into the larger Sheldon Cooper uh, arc in general? All that, all that. Jazz. Well, I definitely think religion is going to continue to be a big theme throughout the series. Uh, that seemed to be a big point of contention in this episode was his family believing in God and him believing in Blaise Pascal. You know, what What I'm personally looking forward to hearing about in this series more is, uh, is the sibling shenanigans. I really think once they develop those side characters, this world's going to be fully fleshed out and it's just going to be a delightful little romp for everyone mm-hmm. involved. Um, George uh, Cooper slash Bill Ponderosa. Oh, yeah. So intrigued by his Vietnam War past. So intrigued by his implied second family in Vietnam. So intrigued by potentially Billy Sparks being his son. Love the that he continues to be Bill Ponderosa theory. You know, I think he's very fascinating, though he's kind of, he's not a major player. He's kind of, you know, in the background a little bit, at least in this episode he was. I don't know. I didn't really feel like I got enough from Missy this episode. And, you know, obviously I'm a champion of women in television. So I would just love to see her get a little more depth. She she hasn't really been getting a lot She's twins of with the genius. So like, let's explore that. Yeah, How does that yeah. make her feel? I, I am also curious to just see where they take her. She feels like I don't understand why her character is in the exactly. show so far. They haven't really touched on her I feel like it's lot, just and I'm very basically to show like, oh, here's what a normal kid this age would act like, which you don't need to give him a twin to do that. Yeah. And that's what's kind of throwing me about her character more than any of the other characters, because with Sheldon's older brother, I get him. He's like this kind of dumbass. Uh, he's kind of like the oldest brother in like Malcolm in the Middle or something where he's just like causing trouble. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's a huge mm-hmm. race. And the dad is kind of this, like, bump on a log with a secret uh, war criminal mm-hmm. past. That's the spice they add on the stereotype. Yeah. The mom is kind of this, like, oh, what is my life versus what could it have been? Sheldon's this kind of uh, aloof genius. Like, 
like she's clearly going through some stuff and i almost like want an adjacent spinoff young missy it wouldn't be young well yeah well yeah it would i guess it would just be missy uh, young missy old missy show me all the missies no i want old missy that's the spinoff the spinoff is just old missy and it's it's a huge coin toss that could either make mean she ends up being a fucking genius like she like starts like the first feminist punk rock band in like austin texas or something like that or or she's like mima 2.0 mima 2.0 yeah yeah she's like a hard she's either a hard criminal with like real slick street smarts and like she's like running a secret like boot like a bootlegging gang or who knows maybe she does porn (laughs) who knows I only hope that we're lucky enough to see her go down the righteous one because I'm really rooting for her. Uh, her her brother's going to get the electric chair or lethal injection, depending on historically what time he kills Mima. But uh, I hope it's the chair. The chair, I feel like, is better physical comedy than the lethal injection. It's all about the comedy when it comes to the death penalty. Oh, yeah. Well, it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, yeah. The funnier it is, the funnier it is, the more ethical it is. That's how you know what? Yeah, that's works. true. That's in the Constitution. So, yeah, so the, the, yeah, they have the amendment about no, no cruel and inhumane punishment. Well, then maybe we make it not cruel and inhumane. You make it funny. You yeah, make it a gag. If, if it's a bit, he's just doing it as a bit. There is nothing, there is no cruelty in comedy, if there's anything that we know for, for a fact. There is nothing cruel about uh, comedic executions. Um, or comedy. In yeah, general. couldn't agree more. Couldn't um, agree more. Because it's parody. Yeah, if if there if 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 that was illegal, then UCB would have been shut down a long time <laughs> ago. Kirsten Walls, the one and the thank only. Thank you so much K-Dog. for being our first. Thank guest you so much for having me. The Gates of Shell. Uh, this is the Gates of Shell episode three. Hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, even better because I. If you're listening to this, I I genuinely from the bottom of my heart don't like you as a person. <laughs> Um, <laughs> please do not share this podcast. Don't listen to it. Don't tell your friends to listen to it. Thank you <laughs> for joining us, Kirsten Optin. I will see you for episode four. Everybody, stay uh, safe. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. We love you. Disgusting people. Exactly. Bazinga. 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 Bazinga.